The deal is this. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid, I read Dropper Anton Wilson all this real. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid, I read Dropper Anton Wilson all this real, 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 real. They are pissed. Real, 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 real. They are pissed. Time we finish this, you're all going to be practicing magician. I'm Jeremy McGreer, and I am Gary Butterfield, and this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I discuss all things Marvel, X Men. Uh, we are in the middle of Grant Morrison's new X Men run, issue 129. We have uh, done away with the villain of Cassandra Nova, and now we are kind of just tooling around, finding some new and fun shorter arcs. Uh, we were introduced last issue to the character of Phantom X. As our B-team X-Men group uh, go investigate a mysterious gene hazard emergency in a train tunnel. And uh, Mm -hmm. Jean Grey and Xavier are forced to give sanctuary to Phantom X, a Mm -hmm. supposedly super-powered mutant criminal. Uh, But just in Europe. But just in Europe. Feeling fine. 128. (laughs) Feeling great. Yeah. 130. Feeling dirty. 131. Having fun. There you go. The, uh, (laughs) The entire run. 132. Feeling kind of blue. You want to keep me. going? Is this a bit? Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> it's, it's a bit. Are you? Are you? No, uh, it's, it's not a bit. <laughs> are you Will Hughesing me right now? Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> kind of will. I feel like I'm listening Go, to kind of the hook. <laughs> one of the <laughs> well, when you're went into Namblin. Um the one of the things about uh, I love all of my co-host on Duckfeed for different reasons, which I, I'm being sincere, and uh, I love Will because he would yes say on that, and I love you. For shutting that down as fast as humanly possible, <laughs> like the world takes all kinds. Yeah, uh, I need I need both kinds of energy in my life. I would be. Um, I've thought this before too. Uh, of like because I I really enjoyed everything to Guppy and I really liked Will when I got to meet him um, for mm-hmm. Duckfest a few months ago. Uh, but just the idea, like me and him, seem to have such different approaches to podcasting and to not necessarily humor because I think he's a really funny guy. I think like we have definitely yes anded each other before. But like it would be a weird podcast. Like if he jumped on this one or I jumped on ETG, it would be be so fucking strange. Like I would not know how to handle it. So oh yeah. Like we we have uh, multiple times me and Cole have talked about and never pursued like like a shuffle month. Sure, yeah. Like almost like our own Nuff said kind of gimmick. Like what yeah. if the host all rotated, you know, one show to the left, and like would that be? And ultimately, we decided not to do it for logistics, and then also like the if it sucked, like it's it's not like it's not like one episode of one show that we'd be like, well, you know, it's just kind of an experiment. It's worth experimenting. It'd be a whole month of content that is like <laughs> potentially weird and unlistenable. The Patreon crashes. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we, we can't do that because of rent and health insurance. So those are the kind of risks that we're not as interested in taking, but you know, we've definitely talked about um, doing some kind of minor mix ups at certain point. And I think it is a funny and fun idea uh, that I would do if I could save our game 
and then reload after we did it. It so. seems like, uh, and this is this is maybe like maybe behind the scenes, but like the next duck bundle, right? Like that might be a good, mm-hmm. like a good. Oh, that's like, a great idea. Yeah, yeah. So that way you're opting in and to be like, oh, I definitely want to hear Jala and Gary on a podcast together, or you know, yeah. Jeremy and Cole. I mean, I guess you can't do that because of Ready for Midworld and Bonfire Side Chat, but you know what I'm saying. Like oh. it would be like maybe yeah. that's a good buy-in for that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely like uh, you know if we decide not to do the live Duckfest too. Uh, kind of thing as the duck bundle. I think that's a really fun idea. You want to give out the yeah. dates for Duckfest Two while we're on the podcast? Or? Certainly not. Because <laughs> cannot think about that. Not even close to planning that. Uh, so it's at uh, Jeremy's house. Everybody, come on down. Yeah, come, come on down, y'all. Um, so one twenty nine. Uh, we start off. Uh, the cover is just kind of Phantom X upside down. It's Igor Cordy drawing. It's one of his better drawings, but it's nothing I'm gonna like put on my wall. Yeah. Um. We start off with uh, the scene where we left Professor X and uh, Jean Grey, um, where the helicopters are surrounding them. They're kind of recapping. And Professor Xavier is talking to somebody uh, trying to get the this force off their back. It's hilarious to me that the the one French guy that Xavier knows and like higher up in government is just named Pierre. Like, really? <laughs> the, the, the thing I thought is I wonder who was like prime minister at this time. Oh, like, yeah, maybe yeah. that's the joke. That's, like, if I knew yeah. more about 2001 France you know which I, I know very little about uh, all i know all i know is that i'm still eating freedom prize over here gary i don't know about you <laughs> i basically everything i know about france in 2001 is from this issue you know? <laughs> oh there are helicopters uh, so um, i think there are helicopters but the the prime minister pierre uh or whatever his role is basically can't help them it's like oh yeah these guys these this military force is sanctioned way way above me so you're gonna have to deal with this on your own yeah, really, really great line. You know, my friends in high places have realized there are higher places. Extremely um, good. You know, uh, Pandemic says, like, you know, basically, I just want to hold my breath. Um, Gene starts trying to ask him, like, questions. Uh, and he's like, well, I'm trying to, you know, I'm bleeding really bad from my femoral artery. And Gene Gray just stops it. She just closes the uh, the vein, which is which is cool. Yeah, you know? I, I can make your blood clot by thinking about it. Like, excuse me, yeah. <laughs> you're a healer that, now. That's... Is that what's happening? Or just a murderer? Like, or your yeah. or your walking aneurysm machine? Oh, geez. you know, Jesus yeah. Christ! Like, you know, just uh, got a real time ha- to go. glass half empty guy over here. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix half dark. Um. <laughs> Um, and, and Gene basically says like, Hey, we have to help this guy. Like this is, this is definitely like, like uh, this is in our wheelhouse. This is what we do. And, uh, Xavier starts doing his, uh, telekinesis thing on, um, excuse me, his telepathic thing on the, on the pilots and like making them have doubts and, you know, just basically his normal Xavier routine. Um, we're treated to a drawing of Xavier that I'm having a hard time with at the moment. Looking at it on my screen. Yeah, Ah, dude. He looks like the cat who's being yelled at at dinner. (laughs) There's a there's a lot of real bad Xavier. There's a lot of real bad in this. Let me let me let me rephrase. Um, but and then Jean Grey says like, oh maybe uh, or no, Phantom X says like, hey, don't worry about all that mind stuff. Like they're just going to switch to autopilot and auto targeting. And Jean Grey's like, well, I could probably think myself into their uh computer system. He's like, no, no, you focus on the blood thing that you're doing for me. I'd very much appreciate that. Yep. Uh, and he kind of raises his hands and there's just a big explosion. He says calling his partner. This is so they can do a reveal later of what his partner is. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of just feels like there's an explosion. Um, where we go back into the lobby where uh, the soldiers are coming in. We're back in Grant Morrison humor mode. Because, uh, you know, they're talking about, uh, you know, are there any volunteers? Uh, we need a volunteer with no mind of his own worth controlling. 
And a guy says, me, sir. Corporal animal, sir. I'm a highly trained death machine with no human feelings, sir. Um, and this guy, this like wild looking guy with a fucked up face, uh, comes up and volunteers for this duty. This definitely feels like a, like a UK comics writer bit. Like I could see Warren Ellis doing this. I could see Grant Morrison doing this. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it feels like a, it feels like a pretty bit. In fact, when I was rereading this, I was like, eh, this doesn't really work for me, but it's only like two pages. Like I can't really no, can't no. Really complain about it's it. It's a weird much. joke in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's definitely a war. It has real Warren Ellis feel. Yeah. To it. And of course he shows up at the door right as uh Phantom X Xavier and uh, Jean Grey are about to leave and says, I am your death in human form in a real dramatic fashion. And of course, like there's are two telepaths, my dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a, and a killing yep. machine. Like, what are you going to do? Um, before we see the result of that, we go down to the lobby where we have more Grant Morrison humor, where this uh, mutant, like, I guess receptionist is basically who has, mm-hmm like trees for hands what is it's horrifying what, what is this what is this? i mean yeah, I don't, it's horrifying but i kind of want to you know what i'm saying i kind of want to do it yeah yeah no, i kind of <laughs> kind of like see what kind of like tree job she'd get you you know yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> i've never had one of those before <laughs> a girl time branch job that's what that's what i want um yeah she so she this this looked like um to me this looks like a background character from ecstatics sure yeah. like they were they were always doing stuff like this like what if someone had a hand that just like their fingers were tree branches mm-hmm um and she's like you know hey i have a i have lunch with a famous french film star um are you gonna point that gun at me all day he says shut up i hate french movies you know um and uh they eventually they get you know impatient with sergeant animal they head up there and sergeant animal is just kind of babbling uh basically explaining the childhood from the new wolfenstein games (laughs) like (laughs) okay (laughs) i mean it's not exactly he's talking about like putting up these emotional shields because his daddy died and he didn't know how to make sense of it. And, uh, you know, it just kind of, uh, you know, pontificating and being very sensitive. I've only played the first one of those. Is that where that story goes? (laughs) No, no, just, just his, uh, physicality and him just being like, you know, I have these walls I put up feels very new wolf. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I do like this. Like I should, I should probably reconsider my life with the military. Maybe I should work with handicapped kids or something. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what did they do to you? (laughs) Yeah, Pretty funny. Um, good payoff for that. Uh, we cut to the roof where we actually see the uh, the partner EVA, uh, which is this big like organic flying saucer that I think looks awesome. Yes, uh, it's one of my favorite cool. things about mm-hmm. Phantom X. Um, and uh, you know they they crawl into it, um, and we cut over. We kind of montage to the next day. It's night when they leave, uh, so this tunnel thing's going on for quite a while. Um, yeah, I didn't. And, I didn't really like because they're still in the tunnel like this entire time, and yet he, he's going to come home with the groceries. Like the time thing really doesn't work for me very well here. Yeah, well, and the the receptionist was like, I, I have lunch, and it's like clearly nighttime outside. You know, I just I just put that accordion kind of fucking up a little bit. Yeah. Um. So this is his weird like mountain geodesic dome he lives in, uh, with his with what he's saying is his mother, mm-hmm. uh, who is a blind old lady. This is what you and I are gonna buy for our duck our duck fee building. Yeah, it's just here's just the duck com- compound. Yeah, <laughs> on the side of duck Mount Duckmore. Um. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> who are the four faces on that mountain gary uh, just cole, gary cole gary cole, cole. like just just yeah. two of you <laughs> <laughs> what would be so brutal like the reveal like we had them all covered in uh harps and then we unveiled them one by one and like the first one you know the first one's cole and like everyone's like oh good you know and second one's me <laughs> the third one's cole again and just pan over to the people watching and just like oh 
<laughs> Dennis is just like, what the fuck? Me and Brayton, who definitely sat for the modeler at some point, are like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> we thought we were in. And there's like a, and we head over to the gift shop, and there's just like plastic version of you and Brayton, like giving each other high fives on the top of the gift shop. Oh uh, shit! <laughs> That'd be so funny. Or just, or what if like it's it's finally Cole's like time to do the dramatic heel turn, and it's just for Cole's, not, not yeah, even a gear. <laughs> him with his beard slowly growing as they go from left to right. <laughs> so this is where Phantom X lives. His mom lives here, and uh, his mom seems to be blind. And uh, he kind of says like, "Oh, I'm bringing you home some new music, and I'm gonna." I'm, uh, and she's like, "Oh, do you have people with you?" And he's like, "No, I'm just recording a play. Don't even bother. You don't want to ruin the surprise." Um, yeah. And we're gonna find out like she thinks that they are still in their old French house, which they had to give up for some reason. So he just recreated it inside this huge dome. Uh, meanwhile, the main place is just filled with all of these artifacts that he has presumably stolen. And uh, even Xavier likes is like, I'll try to ignore the deliberate strangeness of all this. Like, yeah, this is definitely somebody trying too hard to impress people. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, at some point, Professor X says, like, let's c- cut to the chase. Like, what is actually happening in the tunnel? What is Weapon 12? And again, these really great cinematic cuts. We cut over to the tunnel where it's kind of the aftermath of the fight we saw before. There are people lying on the ground. Who have been hurt, um, and we have uh, presumably Monet, um, you know, just saying that she's <laughs> your guess is as good from, as mine. <laughs> yeah, it's not Dark Star because she doesn't have the the headband and the color hair, mm-hmm. you know. But um, so Monet's there; she's like cut off from the rest of of the team, and she's like asking for help as Phantom X narrates and says, "This is the latest in a series of living weapons uh, carried out by the military industrial uh, complex," and basically explains. The world, like this batch of people, a uh, batch of creatures were bred in an experimental time incubator um, where they heat up time, make it move in all directions at once, and then introduce human test groups uh, as and watch them evolve millions of years in like 18 months. This is artificial um, evolution, which is yeah. like a fascinating kind of kind of topic, especially with as much as uh, the X-Men traffic in evolution, right? Mm hmm. Yep. Um, and there's a really great little hint here. So as he's doing it, it pans over the tunnel. You know, he talks about how humanity, you know, has found out about the the extinction sequence in the the genotype. So they've been doing this to kind of evolve and to make war with the mutants. Like they still feel like they're going to be replaced. Um, you know, these uh, these creatures were bred in these test chambers, and they show two test chambers uh, here, which is a little foreshadowing. Uh, and he basically says this train wreck was was fake. They developed these monsters to kill you, and this is a test. Um, you know, ever, and he, we cut back to the attic or wherever he's at. And he says like, you know, I know I was on board. Um, I stole this dossier that has all their research and development. Um, they wanted to test this against your team. So that was the whole kind of bit. I have this dossier and the data is for sale. Um, you know, kind of revealing his, you know, what you think is going to be his end game, but is ultimately not. Yeah. And of course, Xavier is like, you could just give it to us. And he's like, uh, you're worth like a few billion dollars. Three of your teachers are millionaires. Yeah, you could probably afford to cough up some money to give, to give me to, so I can give you back this data. Yeah. yeah. And then we get to one of my favorite, again, gifts that uh, Grant Morrison gave the franchise. Um, you know, he's like, listen, like mutants and humans are su- have suffered in this. Like one of our close friends was designating the Weapon X program and tortured. And he just says, boohoo, I'll suffer if I don't get a money transfusion in my bleeding bank account. And it's Weapon 10, not X. And that's like such a like simple change to this that is just like so clever. Like if you just read that, you'd be like, oh yeah, Weapon X. 
the whole time. But the idea that that is an iterative process and there's actually like, and that they'll do that during the entire, like the world arc and talk about the different weapons that they've gone through. But like Captain America is one of them. Yeah. You know, like that, that program that created Captain America was weapon three, you know, the, the all of the, the military's attempts rather than like just the military, all making a thousand different separate attempts to make super, super soldiers. It being like a process, like an iterative government process that goes through stages and improvements just makes a lot of sense. You know, like, why would Weapon X start, stop with Wolverine? Exactly. You yeah. know, and why would they start with Wolverine? And this is the like, first they're, time they're, that they're they... opening Gambit is not to put adamantium <laughs> into someone's skeleton. <laughs> they're opening Gambit is never Gambit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mon ami. We just figured we'd fuck around and put some adamantium in, in a guy. <laughs> You know, of course, that's not what you start with. So a science works. Yeah, you put adamantium into a frog first, and then you move up to a pig and to a yeah. monkey. And yeah, um, is this the actual first time that? Because it seems like Weapon X being Weapon Ten has been like it's been there for so long that like, or maybe this was just like such an obvious thing that it just incepted into my brain. But is this literally the first time that that's ever come up? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This the stuff with the, like this is the introduction of that idea. Interesting. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Cause I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't put my finger on when that happened, but like I said, like it's such a good idea that it just, I think it just retroactively changed my, my vision of that forever. So I, yeah, I love it so much. Like there's a, uh, in terms of, I, I think I've talked about it on a podcast. I don't know if it's this one, but, in terms of like just really brilliant recontextualizations of things uh, that were never picked up on, uh, Mark Millar, who is a, a comics writer that I have a mixed relationship with, did a Spider-Man run I remember liking. And the point of the Spider-Man run was like, hey, like, don't don't you know, somebody at some point in a villain speech reveals the Spider-Man. He's like, don't you think it's weird that you spend all of your time uh, fighting people dressed up as cybernetic animals that are throwing buses off cliffs? You know, and basically the reveal of it was that all of these super criminals at Spider-Man fights, which are basically just dudes in techno costumes that have a lot of money, um, are being financed by people who cause actual societal problems to keep superheroes busy. Like the idea that you don't, you know, like there's actual societal injustice. And the reason why we have Batman instead of Bruce Wayne just doing philanthropy is because somebody like, you know, some kind of wealthy ultra capitalist is literally giving the rhino his suit, you know, finding insane <laughs> criminals and giving them power. And I was like, that is such a cool fucking idea. Yeah, that's a great you know, idea. And, yeah, that's like some you know, Elon Musk like, bullshit. Like, you know, that's about to happen, right? Like, that's that's. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, like all that guy. Someone just need, you know, Grimes just need to whisper in his ear. Let's make a superhero. <laughs> and he'll, he'll he's going to start like grafting flamethrowers onto a suit and getting a bunch of people killed. The um, but I, I just remember like that's such a it's like a planetary idea or like um, War, Warren Ellis's um, the authority or something or uh, global like, frequency like idea from like the or, global frequency. Like yeah, yeah. it has a real kind of for a Marvel, for a Spider-Man comic, it is a pretty heady concept. And I remember being really impressed with it. No one ever did anything with it. Of course not. Yeah. Um, but. Cause it's, that's too hard. Like it's much easier for Rhino to be mad and stealing money from a bank or something. So yeah. Cause he, cause banks are bad and he loves money, yeah. you know, <clears throat> fuck a bank. Um, um, so Phantom X kind of like, is like, Hey, you can have all of this information for a billion dollars. Um, yeah. And and it basically says, like, let me guess what they told you. Like, they told you that there was a high-level genetic emergency, that there were innocent people in d- danger. Like, don't you see how good they are at turning your altruistic nature into a tool to destroy you? Like, basically, like, all of these people you think you have partnerships with are using that partnership t- in order to figure out how to kill you better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he basically, you know, Professor Xavier is getting irritated and just be like, tell us what, what we need to do. And Phantom X is deflecting. He says, I'd like to answer your questions, but I'm going to operate on myself and put myself in a state of auto 
uh, hypnosis and starts pulling bullets out of himself. Yeah. Uh, with all tools. Um, you know, sure. Alpha move. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, cool. I just like, he unzips his, uh, his like shirt or whatever and pulls it down. And then like the next panel, it just, I know it's blood on his like crotch or whatever, but it just looks like he has yeah. just a shock of red pubic hair, like just, just by fire sprouting yeah. from that, from his, from his groin, man. Like just like a yeah. whoosh coming out. It's, it's not a great image. It's not, like it's, it's, like, it's really not. Uh, uh, we go back over to the tunnel where uh, more now, now dogs have been infected by weapon 12. <laughs> now uh, there are dogs. And uh, yeah, just more people are dying and like more violence is continuing. And dark star is trying to calm everybody down. Um, but basically nothing, nothing is really working. She can't get in touch with anybody that, you know, people are acting like animals. And then these, the people that are getting away are saying, don't let them touch you. Don't let them touch you. Um, yeah. So it's super scary and spooky for, for everybody involved. Yeah. Uh, cut back over to the, uh, the geodesic mountain dome. Um, this is where he explains that, you know, he thinks that his mom thinks that she's still in their house. Um, she's just talking to, uh, you know, Jean Grey, and this is where he says, like, I've managed to stay under the X-Men's radar, like, just stealing here and there, but never really, you know, coming to your attention. Um, she says, you know, what are you trying to prove? Like, I could have taken those bullets out. You know that. Why don't you take off your mask? And he's like, I take off my mask all the time, but not in front of two psychics. You know, and then he has a little, he's like, you don't hear any complaints about me about you leaving your wonder bra on all the time. Which is supposed to be like a flirt of some kind. I, I don't think that, I think that land kind of kind of thuds. Uh, you know, doesn't really land. I know uh, that's the way I charmed Autumn with me and her met. Is I talked about her <laughs> underwear constantly. Yeah, just, man. Yeah. I thought you got a real bra. That, that bra is extremely supportive, huh? You're perky as hell. Yeah, you, you, I bet you you got a bra, don't you? <laughs> Show me your bra. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man um yeah. xavier is finally out yeah. of patience and is basically like so we're not going to pay you for that but i have a feeling that you're going to go back and, and try to fix this and we're going to go with you and he's like yep you're you're exactly right i'm definitely going to do that uh i i can't re- i didn't really want to go back there alone but if i have the two most powerful minds riding shotgun i think i can end this and kill um and kill weapon 12 which leads him to say like i you know I'll, I'll help you save the lives of your X-Men if you two pacifists help me kill Weapon 12. Um, and there's yeah. this really odd panel with him in front of this Egyptian statue. Like, they're both posing together or something that I don't really understand the symbolism yeah. for. And it's kind of so ugly. Here's the here's the weird thing. Uh, do you know, have you ever read any Moon Knight comics? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got that Egyptian totem. And Moon Knight is kind of dressed like Phantom X. When I first read this, I thought, oh, they're bringing Moon Knight back. <laughs> okay. and this is like a radical reimagination Weird. of moon Knight. Mm-hmm. i thought that's what this was meant to imply but no it's just phantom x being ironic sure you know <laughs> um and the last page is uh don't spend too much time deciding weapon 12 must die it's a full splash panel and uh xavier is back to looking like a squash spider jerusalem in the background <laughs> yeah and um and- yeah we're we that's kind of where we end things i um this is this is a really good issue, and like I think, like you said, uh, problems with the art. Behind, besides, like some of the coolest ideas that we've seen in an X Men story, right? Like it's just so yeah. much fun. Like the idea of this of the world is so fascinating and so fun. Like it's so good. Yeah, I really like that. Um, we get introduced to this idea, and then we take a few issues off. Like we take an arc or two off, and then go to the world. Like in between this and that arc is the Riot at Xavier's arc. Um, so I, I like that it's this kind of thing that like in the experience of reading these as they come out, like you learn about this cool idea 
and then four or five months later it's picked up upon i think that's like very satisfying and cool yeah me too which is Um, something that like comics can do really well like claremont is the king of this right like he'll he'll plant a seed for something and then two years later it'd be like oh yeah by the way and like not very many people do that i don't think nowadays like when i read comics it feels like things are are like oh yeah we have to deal with all of the stuff we have to deal with because people do not have the kind of patience that we need for that to happen yeah and I, and I think that like doing this like six months later or five months later is a better choice than doing something like four years later. Yeah. Like, because then you run into things like, Oh, like we don't, we never found out who the third summer's brother was until 30 years later. Um, and the reason being is cause you were hinting at this and planning to do something super weird with it. So, yep. Um, thank you for listening to this episode. Yes. Uh, we will be back soon with, uh, episode one thirty, feeling dirty or issue one thirty, feeling fine um not a bit (laughs) and the uh, (laughs) don't worry everybody's pretty soon we'll be on 137 where we learn how to rhyme (laughs) yeah yeah because nothing rhymes with that um the uh if you like the show head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeed tv and kick us a few bucks um and you can also leave us ranger views on apple Podcasts. if you donate enough cole will let you carve out one of the nostrils in his four-faced monument (laughs) (laughs) yep you can live in there it's actually a one-bedroom apartment Dope. It only has a shower, no bathtub. <laughs> no pets allowed. Um, yeah, <laughs> no pets allowed. Uh, you got hog shit in my stone nostril, Gary. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mount Duckmore. Uh, weird idea that hopefully I will live to see. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back in a c- couple of days with episode, or excese me, issue 130. These are the tales of the <laughs>